This podcast is in collaboration with the Association of Talent Acquisition Professionals, also known as ATAP. If you are a talent acquisition professional who wants to help advance the TA profession, visit atapglobal.org and learn how to become a member today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. yippee Kaye! Welcome to another episode of the Chad and Cheese Cult Brand Series. I'm Chad Sowash with our featured brand and marketing expert, Julie Callie. How's it going, Julie? Happy to be here. Excellent. Well, I, I got to say, I loved our last episode, Super Pumped Hiring with uh, with Andrew Levy. What a great guest. So many great stories. I know, right? Who do you have in store for us today? And what are we, what are we talking about? Well, I'm excited to have two leaders in the space that do global TA and operations and employer branding in this industry. So I'm excited to have Allison Cruz and Chloe Rada join us today. Nice, nice. Welcome, ladies. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese podcast. We're cheeseless today, so you're lucky. Well, thank you. And I appreciate that. Joel intimidates (laughs) me a little bit. No cheese as long as we have wine. We've already met the middle-aged white male quotient for this podcast, so no worries. Julie, today we're talking about recruiter engagement slash enablements. What I mean, what, what does that mean? Can, can, can you help me out here? Yeah, I, I think this is a great topic. You know, Chloe and Allison had had a conversation that kind of sparked us on this topic. And, and it's really something that more companies are starting to pay attention to, I think. And um, recruiter enablement, you know, we think a lot about recruiting and marketing being two things that live together that are also very relatable to sales and marketing. Um, so I, I'm very happy to have our guests joining us today who've been hands-on in the field. Let's let's learn more about them. Let's learn more about them. So Allison, you go first. Give us a Twitter bio about you. All right. So here it is. Animal lover, travel enthusiast, wine drinker, scuba diver, oh. brand nerd. Ooh, I want to party with her. I'm a scuba <laughs> diver. I like the wine. Definitely like the travel. Yes. Okay. Chloe, it's your turn. You've got to one-up that. Go. Okay. Here we go. Passionate <laughs> lover of the arts. Um, the outside world, deep <laughs> conversations, food trends, and also known as Maverick. Okay, Goose, we're going to talk about recruiter enablement, a great subject. And I'm really interested in getting Allison and Chloe's thoughts. But I think uh, the audience would probably want to start with understanding what is recruiter enablement? I would, yes. Sure. Really simply, it's just like the practice of providing TA professionals, the people that Allison and I work with the closest, closest is our stakeholders and the recruiting team, our recruiters, but getting them like the tools they need to be effective. So that could be um, understanding processes or um, education on the technology, or most importantly, awesome content that's going to convert candidates. Awesome content that's going to convert candidates. We see so much content that's out there, but it's not 
awesome. How do you how do you create awesome content and what distinguishes awesome content from that really crappy content that we're used to seeing? Well, <clears throat> I can take a stab at that. So I would say that the awesome content has to be candidate centric, meaning it's not company centric. It's not look at us. We're so great. We're this and that. But it's really framing up the employee experience or your EVP through the lens of the candidate, always thinking, what's in it for me? Why should they, in like a sea of countless options when it comes to a new job, a new company, why should they choose you? And I think with recruiter enablement, it's equipping, it is equipping TA to really express that EVP that is in a personalized, localized way for what matters most to that candidate. Yeah. In a recent show, we talked about EVP and like its importance and its value, but then what do you do with it, right? Like, if you know what your value points are, what kind of things are you providing the recruiter that that help enable them? And how do you massage the, the message, the narrative around that? I mean, th- that's pretty key, right? Yeah. I mean, I've done it successfully using storytelling because people trust people more than people trust brands. Um, I, you know, I've run brand channels. Allison has run brand channels before. Um, and it's it's really hard to get that engagement level, level up from an own channel. Uh, why not leverage your people, your people's story and voices to really kind of pull through that internal employee experience because it's like turning things outside in, right? Or inside out, showing what it's like to work inside in order to attract outside. Yeah. And it, and it is, I mean, it, it takes daily work, you know, it takes a big effort um, because sometimes you might run into obstacles like, well, you know, employees are not used to speaking about their employee experience or, you know, the, the culture or the career opportunities. Like they're not used to being able to freely confidently talk about that on social media. So I feel like there's a lot of change management that happens too, um, to just, you know, give them that inspiration and that encouragement of like, hey, no, it's okay. Like we want you to lift up your voice and talk about, you know, your experience is good, bad and ugly, because that's real. You know, people can cut through the crap. They They understand what's marketing messages and what's real. And so I think um, for an employer brand professional, that's at the heart of what they do is just guiding and coaching and inspiring and just, you know, letting employees know like, hey, it's okay. We want you to do this. Well, that's not the norm though, right? I mean, for years, there's we've always thought about mitigating risk, but I have to say the best TikToks I've seen when it comes around like a, a brand are from Costco. And there's a, a manager that actually just jumps on, starts talking about benefits and like Q&A from, from candidates. And it's so genuine and it, it's so revealing, right? It, it's amazing. But, but how do you as a brand shed that risk, right? And, and, and really dive in. Yeah, that's hard. I think it's, and, and in some companies, some industries, I think it's harder than others. You know, I mean, I've, I've been at some companies where that is okay. Like that is okay to just, you know, shed that and go and do that. I've been at other companies that are really highly regulated and very nervous about having people just do that and having like the thought of doing TikTok scares people, you know, like in some companies where they're like, oh, no, 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 like TikTok, that's not for us. Like we're not going to do that. So that's really where, um, you know, the ability to influence, to win the hearts, you know, to be like, hey, this is okay. Let's just try it. Let's call it a pilot. Let's see how we do. Like, it's going to be okay. And that's hard. I mean, hard, harder in some places than others. Um, Chloe, have you found that too? That like, just 
it just depends on like your your employer's culture, you know, um, of how hard yeah. that is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we're right in the middle of Pride Month right now, and a big topic is inclusivity. How do how do you how are you feeling supported, and how do you belong at an organization, and what does it look like to different individuals throughout the organization? So forming partnerships with your DEI or other stakeholders to kind of help understand what the you know what the commitments are from the company level, but then talk to the actual employees that are feeling that. Um, that are feeling supported and let's hear about their story because they're all unique and a lot of times there's a lot of uh, heartfelt moments that come out that that tug at the heartstrings that really is creating that desire for candidates to want to join an organization where their employees feel so supportive. So I think, you know, that's one way to mitigate the risk is to partner with your Marcoms and your DE&I department to understand what, can, what, you know, what is the company's stance and how can you take that and, and, and turn it into an attract, you know, attractive piece of content to enable the recruiters then to share in addition to their, you know, and and their outreach, right? This is outbound recruiting that we're doing here with mm-hmm. this compelling content. Julie, I, I want to hear more about this from from you because from my standpoint, I, I have a gay son, but still, I'm a middle aged white dude, right? Cisgender white dude. All I'm seeing are rainbow logos, really, and I'm not seeing a lot of this real, deep down emotional feeling in embracing of a community. Now we do see like Pepsi and Bubbly's newest like ads and whatnot, which are amazing around safe spaces. But I think that is that's not the that's not the standard. What do you think we need to get? How do we get to a standard of feeling that open? Well, you know, a big term that's being used right now, you know, the community is that rainbow washing. There's a lot of companies that want to portray that they are inclusive. So they put up their rainbow logos for this month. And then that's the last you'll hear of their inclusivity. I loved hearing Allison Chloe share how you need to empower recruiters with content, right? If you're going to be providing them storytelling and messaging, and I love the bring in the real examples of the employees and what their stories are. Um, I, I think Disney's a great example of this right now. Their their campaign for this month is Disney 365. They're inclusive every day of the year and not just Pride Month. And it's followed by an entire statement of their commitment, all the activity that they're doing and how that is pertaining to the entire year and not just in this month. So that that's an example of a company saying, here's our story. Here's a message. Here's our commitment, our promise, how we're following through with it. And you can check in and follow up about this throughout the entire year. That's great content. It's amazing, not to mention it demonstrates what the company, hopefully what the company is all about. So Allison, Chloe, how do you actually empower recruiters to start using this message? Because you're giving them the ammunition. How do you actually help them use it? Well, Allison, I think this is a great opportunity for you to talk about your grassroots advocacy program that you started way back when. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So at a former employer, we did not have like an employee advocacy platform because I think that's that's my first thing. Not, my first response will be like, well, technology can help with that. You know, with an employee advocacy platform, you you know, you, you have a team of admins or whatever, and you're sticking in content. And then with a couple of clicks, you know, employees can share it out um, on their social. Well, if you don't have that, for whatever reason, you don't have the budget, you're not there yet to have that technology. 
Uh, I just started doing it using Outlook. So um, I just started this program at my last employer where we were, you know, pre-writing LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Twitter posts and would attach, you know, an image with a link, a tracked link, whatever. Um, but we would just email it out twice a week. And so people knew every Tuesday and Thursday morning they would get their shareable content and then they would, you know, send it out on social media if they choose to. Within that program, though, we also made sure we had kind of continuous education to talk about the importance of sharing content. So what's the benefit to you? How does it amplify your personal brand? How does it make you more successful in your role? And then how does it help our employer brand as well? And it was it became um, very quickly, it became our most powerful marketing channel that we had across paid media and owned um, media. Like it was the, it was the most powerful thing. And it was just emailing content <laughs> twice a week. <laughs> I yeah. love that. You have a couple of things in there I heard that helped make it really successful. One you had a predictable cadence to it. So people knew what to expect and you yep. delivered on it. Yep. Um, and the other is you told a story to the people you needed to share the why as to why it was beneficial to them. I think if people know why and what they get out of it, they're willing to do more. Yeah, I agree 100%. One of the things that we're having problems with, though, in recruiting is somebody to focus on telling that story and generating content that's that's real and authentic content, right? You don't have, in many cases, the actual resources to do those types of things. So what, what do those companies do other than provide resources? Well, they hire people like... Like, you know, myself and Allison to come in and <laughs> uh-huh. to set up these programs, right? Yeah. There's so many great like pieces of technology and tools out there now to capture these 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 answers in the form of a question over video and share them out in on your job descriptions, on your social pages, on your career site really easily. But you actually need that project manager, right, to come in to work through the IT governance, um, to work to all work through all that red tape because both Allison and I have been in very high regulated organizations where, you know, we have to get a blessing upon blessing before we actually um, implement something. So, I think you need somebody that's able to walk through that, create, you know, Allison said change management, take a page out of change management, make sure identify who's going to be impacted, who you need to inform, who needs to be part of the program, involve the employees um, managers to let them know, hey, this is also an opportunity for you to recognize your top performers and let them know, hey, you might be featured on our social media channel. And one of the coolest things that I saw just recently happen with this type of approach is, you know, you tag, you know, you tag that individual you're featuring. And then all of a sudden, sudden, naturally, you get that person's manager chiming in on LinkedIn or whatever social channel. You get that person's coworker, maybe a past coworker saying, Julie, you were so great to work with. I love how you led that project. And, you know, you're one of my favorite hiring partners, for example. So it creates this really organic and natural engagement, which is really what you're going after. And that's really what's going to help you, um, you know, drive more visitors to your website, to your careers, to your jobs, and then eventually to, you know, becoming candidates and applicants. Yeah, I love what you said, Chloe, about culture and like seeing the engagement with managers and recognizing, you know, their team members or whatever. That's one of my most favorite things about it, too. And, you know, the 
there's technology out there for sure. And it, it, it's a range from very expensive to free. Um, and I'll give an example of a free way to do this, like a, a actual, like just tactical way um, that's been really successful this past year. What um, what I did for a couple of different initiatives, like, for example, Global TA Day, Employee Appreciation Day was another. And then we're having a Global Appreciation Week at the end of this month. Um, and it was pretty simple, but like it works really well. So anybody listening can do this. Um, first, like I went into Canva. You can get a free Canva account or pro. We actually are moving to enterprise um, in a couple of weeks. But you make a graphic. Then you go into PowerPoint, go under Slide Master, you upload that graphic to the back end of that slide, and then you have places where you can add text and add, um, upload an image or upload a photo or whatever. Have instructions on what people should do, and then bam, give your whole company access to it, and they can use it for like welcoming new joiners, you know, new hires. They can, um, you know, share a promotion announcement, whatever, a thank you. But it's like these self-serve templates that you know we all know how to use PowerPoint. Even if you're not that good at it, it doesn't matter. It's a couple clicks, but it's um, keeping things on brand, keeping things scalable, but also like giving it in the hands of somebody that hey, I don't have to know how to use Canva or something else. I literally just need to know how to use PowerPoint and I'm good. <laughs> Ooh, great pro tip. So yeah, am I, am, I, am I using my mobile phone video to be able to, to, to upload this? How, how do I get the actual, my embedded message into PowerPoint? So the PowerPoint is saved on like, you know, OneDrive or whatever. So anybody can just download a copy of that PowerPoint to your desktop. Mm -hmm. And then you just say, hey, you know, I want to recognize Chloe. Um, is it okay if I use your LinkedIn profile picture, Chloe? Great. Thank you. So I'm going to take her LinkedIn profile picture, uh, save it to my desktop. And then with PowerPoint, I'm going to just click on where the photo will go. And then bam, Chloe's picture is uploaded to my PowerPoint slide. Then I can type whatever message about Chloe and how she's so wonderful, you know, on that slide. I then save the slide as an image, as a PNG. Then I can use that PNG wherever I want. Internally, I could upload it to LinkedIn, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's awesome. So, Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. One of the things that I love about having these conversations is there are so many pieces of tech that are out there that nobody knows how to use. Being able to make it more practical is is what it all comes down to. And and, and that to me is is the best tip of all. Everybody knows how to use PowerPoint. I, yeah. I totally get that. So you've got it set up where it can be used as a template for anybody to be able to go out there and provide recognition to whomever they want. That's that's pretty awesome. Now, do they send it to you? Uh, for you to distribute or how, how would that actually get into um, kind of like the distribution channels? 
So I also ask them to tag our LinkedIn company page. So there's like uh-huh. a an example. So I say, okay, tag Chloe, also tag our LinkedIn company page. And so when they do, on the back end as an admin, I can see where we've been mentioned. And then I can go and respond as, on behalf of my company. And I can do that. You could also have them use a hashtag. Um, so if, they, if you tell them to use a hashtag, you can also pick it up that way. So there's ways through like, whatever you're doing from a social listening perspective that you can pick up that post and then engage on behalf of the company. Gotcha. So, you know, I know some of the big challenges that companies face with this is like, they're like, great, right? I am on board. I understand authentic content is what people crave. Let's do it. You can provide the tools, but the the biggest barriers I find that people have with, uh, you know, doing employee engagement is that they're, one, you have to get people comfortable with creating the content. So you, you're making it as easy as possible, giving yeah. them templates, instructions, uh, but they have to be comfortable with it. And the other big one is then, you know, getting people to to share it and put it out there. Do you have any tips on what you would do to help make people feel more comfortable and, you know, more confident about sharing? Yeah. So I think one of the the easiest thing is people don't really understand what the company's social media policy involves and just a education on, hey, what that might be. And but here's, you know, it's not meant to scare you off. It's to protect you. And so just kind of walk them through, hey, based on what our social media policy is, here's what you're going to we were going to recommend you to help you build your personal brand. And here's some examples, as Allison said, of content that we can create for you um, to help build that presence to break through the tight labor market. You know, this is just one, this content is just one way to enable the recruiters to get them to feel more confident, right? They're very transactional. Um, and so they, you know, very risk averse at times, right? They don't want to click the wrong button in the ATS. And, you know, they don't want to post something inappropriate and violate a policy that's out there. You know, I get scared. I, we all go through that ethics training, you know, um, at big corporations and that scares the heck out of me. But, you know, I don't want that to prevent preclude me from coming to a conference and attending a vendor a vendor dinner, for example, because that's where the best learning takes place. So I think, you know, take the, the you know, the questions and that out of the equation and just educate on, okay, the policy is here, but here's what you can do. And as, you know, we are, you know, we're brand ambassadors here. And we're going to teach you how to be that brand ambassador um, and still adhere to the company policy. Uh, I would also hear a lot of people doing things to, to encourage people to share more and participate more to, to gamify and create incentive. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the recruiters I've worked with are, are highly competitive. So there are tools that I've used way back when it was Q Social. It was, I think it was, it was bought by Symphony Talent and it's now a, a whole different thing. But um, part of the success of that tool had a whole gamification component to it. They had a leaderboard. Um, as that program manager, I was sharing out from our department who is on the leaderboard week after week and giving them that recognition because ah. they were the ones that were sharing the content that was coming to them in the form of a text message that they can click through. Um, on top of that gamification that's built into the tool itself, um, I created some like fun little rewards um, week one, week two, as we were implementing the program itself. So, you know, this might have been 
oh gosh, I don't, I can't even, we can't even use, we can't even give gift cards these days anymore. But it was some type of like recognition that meant, you know, that people like to be recognized in different ways. So it was recognition, um, whether it be public or private, and some different ways to kind of encourage, you know, this healthy competition. So you had said that recruiters, which I agree, are, are, are really transactional. I think a lot of that has to do with the systems that are in place. They they have a lot of admin process, you know, uh, minutia that they have to dig through. So the question is, do we increase enablement and engagement if we finally start to re-engineer our processes and, and enter into the age of automation? I think automation could help relieve recruiters, you mm-hmm. know, of some of those processes so that it does it does open up capacity to, you know, do more creative things and create content and go out on a limb and learn something new. But if they're bogged down with a lot of administrative tasks that could be automated, yeah, sure. You know, I think anything that could relieve them of that where they could refocus, you know, some of their time. Because what I've found is that recruiters do want to do that. They do want to use the brand. You know, they do want to express the brand um, and they, they want to do that. But either they don't really know how and they just need to learn or they're nervous. Like Chloe said, they're nervous that they're going to do it wrong somehow. You know, they're going to do that wrong. And so I think like sharing um, success story, sharing best practices that also helps build confidence. Cause I, I have found like a lot of times it's a confidence issue. I mean, I also think like one great example is like automate your, where your jobs are being posted out to, right. And the operations team or even the branding, branding team can help assist with that to understand where you should be, you know, advertising your jobs, how you should be optimizing those job titles, what, what day of the week you should be posting, you know, create, you know, put some automation around that, use some programmatic if, you know, if, if that's where, so you can, you know, better spend your money, right. Mm -hmm. And get the clicks where you need to get the clicks, all of that. I think, you know, that is a form of automation and that's definitely, that'll take the guesswork out of where, what the recruiters need to do, allow the systems to do that and create those partnerships and create that, that type of a, the program on, on your end from an operations standpoint to alleviate some of that. So why aren't we there yet? We've had the technology forever. It, it makes more sense from a, from, from the standpoint of being able to target, knowing when to target, knowing how to target, where the jobs go, all that stuff. Systems know better because they understand, you know, job seeker behavior. Why aren't we there yet? It it just blows my mind. You know, I think it comes down to education and Mm re-education. And they're all of our, you know, we were just at Unleash and what we learned is that we're all kind of shaping the future of work from an automation and technology standpoint. There's iterations of tools coming forth. You need somebody at the helm to kind of understand and implement that for you. But then also, hey, if you're releasing a new enhancement that's like kind of coming with your core system, like you got to share and educate your team. What does this mean? How is it going to help me find, you know, my my silver medalists and my ATS, for example? And I think that piece is crucial is is missed. Um, a lot is that re-education. And so, you know, you can call it re-education, you can call it reskilling, whatever, whatever. But, um, you know, there's, you know, there's platforms out there like social talent will help with the, you know, it's a learning platform to help with those reskilling. When I was at Sodexo, we were trying to create a whole hub on training 
for recruiters, anything for leveraging the CRM to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the training, their hiring managers on candidate experience. And so I kind of, I kind of result, I kind of guess go back to like education and training. There's still a need there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think for me, that is one of my top four priorities this year is training, is ongoing training. And so creating guides or job aids, holding workshops, you know, having hands-on trainings, um, things like that. But it's also reiterating the importance of that to leadership when you need to, of like, hey, we we need to carve out time. We need to make sure that we are allowing time for TA to learn, you know, because if we're just bogging them down and they have 50 million recs on their desk and no time for ongoing learning, we can't then expect that they're going to be learning and doing this and expressing our EVP and creating content and doing all these things. So it's also, again, it's that change management and influence of like, hey, no, like ongoing learning upskilling, this is critical. It's crucial. And we have to pave the way and make it happen. Um, Otherwise, it's not going to happen, you know? (laughs) So here's a quick question around video. There are now platforms that are out there and they're actually fairly simple platforms. I've, I've, I've used a few of them where you can enable your employees to make video, right? So that they're, they're creating content and that's all pushed back into your dashboard. And then you can use that to create content. Question, are companies, are they ready for that? Are they ready for any employee to just start shooting them videos? Not to mention, how do you think you could manage that if you just got a huge influx of content? Is that a bad or a good problem to have? I would love that problem to have. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> I think, sign me up. No, I think it's great. I mean, you're, you're going to have somebody, you know, a brand specialist or a brand team or whatever, I would assume on the, on the back end of that and kind of choosing where does this particular story or this video fit within our strategy. Definitely, it should start with the strategy before we open up the floodgates. But I think it's a great problem to have. I would love that. <laughs> I don't think if you build it, they will come flooding in. I think employee, I don't, they will not. And honestly, um, maybe you can do that with like a Google form for like maybe like a a testimonial type quote, but not for a video. I think a video, you need to actually create the prompts and you need to engage with that person ahead of time, give them some training around the why um, and also engage with their manager too, to get their buy-in to to help them, right? Because naturally that hiring manager is going to be feeling this tight labor market and, you know, they're going to need to be able to retain their own employees as well. So I kind of look at it and take a different approach to that where I don't want a video unless I'm prompting you and you've been like you've been trained to record even giving simple video guidance tips too, right like quiet your background or um, you know what free from distractions or hold your phone vertically or horizontally versus vertically there's just some simple tips and I feel people if they feel like they're more prepared they'll be less nervous and more comfortable because I hate getting a video and we're just like, oh, they're totally reading from a script and I can see their eyes moving back and forth and there's no inflection in their voice. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't think I can use it. And then that creates like a negative, you know, like a negative feeling for that employee that recorded it. And they're, they're probably less likely to record if they weren't properly prepped. So I'm very like organized and systematic about this. 
Well, I, I get that, but we live in the age of TikTok. And, and some of those individuals that you want to be able to actually get content from, uh, they, they're doing it every day. Now, the boomers who are actually leaving and, you know, so maybe some of our uh, us Gen X, Gen Xers who, you know, we just don't buy into it as much. Uh, I, don't you believe that first off, if you start feeding them scripts, that they're just not going to want to do it because it doesn't feel authentic? Prompts, not scripts. Prompts. Okay. <laughs> Still, it seems being able to set this up so that you're getting genuine content and they're speaking their mind as opposed to the company line. Sure. So there's been a, an insurgence of positions called like head of employee experience that do just these things, right? To uh, internalize that EVP. Uh-huh. Um, and so they're getting employees comfortable and with with sharing naturally, that's employee generated content, which is a little bit different than tapping somebody on their shoulder. But, you know, PetSmart does a really awesome job at that. Um, their brand is obviously very easily loved furry animals, right? What it's not to love about them, but they're sharing, you know, natural stories. And then these brand ambassadors like Allison and I are taking, taking those stories and then using them from, you know, within their talent attraction strategy. So I think you're talking more about like that content that you're sourcing and you're seeing and you're, you're using your listening tools or your hashtag, you know, they're using your life at hashtags. So that I see where you're coming from on that, but I do think that starts internally. And, and I don't think companies have done such a great example of internalizing that. And I think Allison, you probably have some really good tips on internalizing a new EVP since that was a very project near and dear to your heart. Okay, let's talk about it. So this is our favorite topic when the two of us are together. Um, we just love to go and, and buzz on about this. Okay, so for lo- when we launched our employer brand, you know, I'm at a 90-year-old company, big global company that has never had an employer brand before. Uh, when I got here, we launched the brand, you know, soon after that for the first time. And so it was this big journey that took, um, you know, a year to really go out and evangelize that we have the brands and here's how to do it. And and please help us, you know, uh, express the EVP and bring it to life. And the way that we did that, and I know something that, you know, resonates with Chloe and she's got stories about this as well, is in three parts. So first it's fill the minds. Second part is equip the hands. The third part is win the hearts. And so to express the EVP and to, you know, put it in the hands of people and, and have them leverage it. And, you know, we all own the brand, you know, these types of messaging. It starts with filling the minds. And that means like go on a road show, you know, get out in front of people, different stakeholder groups, um, train them, you know, give them guidance, give them all of that. Um, equip the hands. That's things like make it easy for them to do storytelling, you know, give them templates, give hiring managers talking points when they're interviewing candidates about the EVP. Um, And that is really just equipping people to be brand ambassadors and then win the hearts. That's okay. You know, we're not just, for example, we're not just saying, Oh, we're such an inclusive company. We're doing storytelling. We're having our employees share stories of when they felt that sense of belonging. And that is so much more real and will win the hearts. And that's that evokes emotion more than just, oh, we're just claiming that we're X, Y, Z, whatever. Chloe, what, can you tell your story about like winning the hearts with data? I love that. Oh, yeah. So I love to show like how simple using different types of compelling content, how it can increase engagement using data. So even like a simple slide, like when I meet with my stakeholders, okay, you know, kind of this is the state of what's going on with their recruitment marketing campaigns. But I want to show you one of these posts that you might have done 
um, a recruiter hiring manager, for example, take a look at your before engagement rates and take a look at your after. I'm like, tell me, do you think you're, you know, the compelling content after? Like, how did that feel to you? Do you feel like that um, opened up and had an opportunity for you to find better people that would match what you're looking for, not only characteristically, but skills from the skill standpoint as well? So I love to share kind of what's working and what's not. Um, what, and I also like to share what has been, you know, what kind of posts grew our social channels the most, which ones in, had the most engagement, for example, because then that really makes people feel, oh my God, I went on a limb. I tried this new thing. I recorded a video. I posted it on my own personal brand. Um, and wow, I really can see the difference, not just from an aesthetic standpoint, but from the numbers itself, it created a better applicant flow. They're not going to have a lot of that data. And it is our job to share with them, hey, what's working and what's not and what is resonating. So digging into that data and pulling through and actually trying to make sense of that data too um, for your recruiters, your hiring manager, your directors on the leadership team, even you know your SVP and your C-suite too. They want to know kind of what is the content that's out there that's, that's creating that desire that is winning the hearts of those candidates um, and helping them convert. Winning hearts with data. Awesome. <laughs> it's data storytelling. Well, I mean, you got you got to have facts, right? It's all about the facts. Uh, I got to say, I absolutely loved that takeaway of minds, hands, and hearts. And then the revival of all of it with data. Yes. Uh, what a fantastic story that is to share. That is amazing, which is why at this point, we're just going to go ahead and we're going to close this up. We'll probably come back for maybe a session two. Who knows if we can get uh, Maverick and Cruz back. But uh, <laughs> in, in, in the meantime, in the meantime, Chloe, Maverick, Rada, and Allison Cruz, if people want to connect with you, where would you send them? Um, TikTok. <laughs> yep. I do. I do. No, no. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> Look for Chloe Rada and Allison Cruz on LinkedIn, people. Julie, thanks so much for bringing this amazing cast of uh, of crazy Mavericks and Cruisers in. Uh, again, as another one in the can. We out. Thank you for listening to. What's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chadcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. 
You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.